Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. This is episode six. Hard work pays off with Samantha Hearn from A Happy Mind. Hello and welcome to the Erin May Henry Show. I am your host, mentor, and friend Erin, and I'm here to teach you how to show up and feel confident to be unapologetically yourself and get paid for it. This podcast is all about personal branding, and we dive deep into topics such as mindset, growing a global community, social media marketing, and building your online empire. If this is our first time meeting, then welcome my beautiful friend. I am so incredibly excited to have you here. When I'm not podcasting, you can usually find me on my YouTube channel, All About Business and Mindset, hanging with my community in the May Collective Facebook group, or of course, drinking a wine somewhere down in sunny Australia all of which you are totally welcome to join me. If you're ready to shake things up and step up to the plate as the game changer that you were created to be, then this is the podcast for you. So let's jump in to today's episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode of my beautiful, sweet friends. I'm honestly pumped to be bringing you today's episode because it is another chat where I talk to an incredibly inspiring woman to really give you some inspiration and advice for how you can grow your business and brand online. But today's episode is an extra special episode because I'm going to be talking to Samantha from A Happy Mind, who is not only an absolute legend when it comes to working hard and putting yourself out there in order to create results for yourself, but she's also my sister-in-law, which is so exciting. A lot of people get very shocked when they actually find out that Sam and I are sisters-in-law. We run in a lot of the same circles and have a lot of the same kind of people within our communities. And when they do actually find out, because obviously her last name is Hearn, I'm yet to be married, so I'm still a Henry. When they do find out that we are, you know, with the Hearn brothers, they get, you know, pretty excited, which is awesome. But I'm so excited to be chatting to Sam today because her story is just so exciting inspirational. Sam is still working in a full-time job, but is building a phenomenal empire and really changing the lives of every single person that she does come into contact with. So if you are in a full-time job and you have a passion that you really want to pursue, then this is going to be the episode for you. Sam is going to give you all of the motivation that you need to really just start going for it in order to build your personal brand and to build your business. So with a happy mind, Sam does anxiety and mindset coaching. And she not only has an incredible community online where she hosts workshops, she also does one-on-one coaching, writes for magazines, and is a speaker. She's an incredibly inspiring woman, and I'm so excited to be introducing you to her today. Welcome, Samantha Hearn. Sam, thank you so much for joining us. I am so excited to talk. Me too. (laughs) So I just want to preface this little interview for anyone who is listening because 
I'm sure you have seen, Sam, if you're a part of the Make Collective Facebook group or pretty much if you've been anywhere on Facebook in the past year or so. Um, But for those of you who don't know, Sam and I are actually a sister-in-law. So Sam's husband is George's, my fiance's brother, which is very exciting (laughs) and actually surprises a lot of people when they do get to know Sam and they get to know me when they find out that we're actually related. That's like Whoa, but very exciting. So thank you so much for (laughs) joining me today, Sam. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. My absolute pleasure. So I'm really excited to talk to Sam because I really want to dive deep into, you know, really some of the mindsets, limitations that you know, entrepreneurs experience when they are building a personal brand. But more so, I'm so excited to share Sam's story because it really is an example of what hard work and dedication can do when you really have a mission and you're devoted to really putting yourself out there and, you know, what the results can yield if you are committed to doing so. So, you know, Sam, your story is so inspiring and, you know, not not, not, not just from what you've been able to overcome, you know, that's brought you to the point of coaching other people through mm-hmm. anxiety and, you know, to have massive, massive growth in their life, but also just mm-hmm. because of the massive growth that you've had in your business in such a short time. So, you know, for, mm-hmm. those, for those who are listening and might not know you, can you kind of walk us through your journey a little bit and kind of how you got to where you are today? Yeah, definitely. Within the business or my like journey in life? Yeah, I mean, both would be absolutely great. So kind of how you got to coaching people yeah. through anxiety and then with your business as well. Okay, so um, I'll try and make this brief. People ask me all the time, what's brought you into coaching? Why anxiety? Why you? Why me? Why this? So I feel like I do have this down to quite a good sentence slash blurb. So I'm hoping that I keep you with me. So I have a twin brother and we, from a young age, our mum and dad separated and we lived with our dad and he was our kind of sole carer. We would see our mum, but we lived with him. Um, When I was 14, he went in for a routine operation and got um, for gallstones and there was a lot of complications and he didn't come home. So obviously for me and my brother at 14, that was the worst thing to experience. And I think that was my first life lesson that the world was not all roses. And for me, that's kind of where my journey with anxiety began. Um, Through my schooling, my teachers were then a really, really big part of my life. They had a lot of support for me. They looked after me. And that was really the moment that I decided I wanted to be a teacher. And I wanted to go into teaching because I wanted every child that I ever met to know that they matter and that they are loved. And I wanted to be able to give them that love. And I wanted them to know that they are valued, they are special, and they are capable of doing amazing things with their lives. And I trained for four years in an education degree. I then went into teaching and I've been teaching for eight years now. And about 18 months ago, myself and my now husband, as you've heard, um, George's brother, we decided to, what else is out there? What else is out there in life? Um, He's really, really happy in his job. He's really fulfilled. He absolutely loves it. And for him to come home and have those passions and those drives. For me, I just knew there was something else in me. And I think through my journey with anxiety and definitely with where I'm at now, and especially with him, when we first met, my anxiety was really, really bad. And I think that was the moment that I realized that I really had to do something about it. And 
it was all because I'd finally met someone that I didn't want to lose. Everybody had left and, you know, gone to different places. I was left on my own. I didn't really have a family unit. I didn't have, um, I didn't belong anywhere. I didn't have that security. So when I did meet Luke, that was a really big turning point for my anxiety. And it did really, really spiral out of control quite quickly. And here I am now, I'm happily married. I love my life and I love my relationships and I love myself. And about 18 months ago, I just said to him, there is something else that I want to do. And I've always, I went into teaching because I wanted to love and care for the children. Now I want to love and care for women just like me who have experienced things just like me, who have struggled just like me and who every single day battle with anxiety, fight themselves, their emotions, their thinking, all of these things just constantly going around in turmoil so that they know, one, they're not alone, but two, there is a solution. So then I decided to set up an Instagram page, um, which I told Erin and George about really quickly, and they both followed me, and they were like my three followers. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, this is so exciting. And then, you know, within six months, I had an Instagram, I had a Facebook group, I had a website, I had a logo, I had a brand. And the rest is history, really. Yeah, I know. And honestly, it's been such—it's been so inspiring to follow your journey. Not just because we are so close, obviously, um, being related, but just as an inspiration. I watch a lot of people online who are trying to grow their brands and businesses. And Sam is the epitome of the work that needs to go in. You know, a lot of people do come along and they want this kind of fast mm-hmm. growth. They really are wanting to have a business and a brand that's really, you know, on a global scale, helping people. And Mm -hmm. Sam is just the perfect example of the work that is required to make that happen. So, I mean, can you talk a little bit about, especially those startup stages, having a full-time job, what it looked like for you really being, building that business and building that brand? Yeah. So I'm really glad that I'm here because I definitely agree with what you're saying, Erin. And there are so many people that are willing to display and portray this amazing picturesque lifestyle, but I am here to tell you that that is not real life and that is not how this works. So, and I, yeah, and I'm so passionate about this because I have lost friends in this process. I have sacrificed a lot. I have, you know, uh, right. Okay. So I have a full-time job, um, which I'm still doing at the moment because of my role in teaching. And I work 10 hours every day at work, usually between 10 and 12 hours every day. I get to work at 6.30 in the morning. I have a really, really high pressure job at school um, in terms of my role in leadership. I then will usually work a minimum every night of four hours. So I will not go to bed now before 11 p.m., bearing in mind I'm up at 5.30. And that's on a good day. If I have time in my school day, I will also go onto social media, reply to any messages. I have client calls. um, And again, exactly like you've said, this is because I've worked so hard. I coach women all over the world now, and my business is just about to be a year old. So I have 15 women that I coach one-to-one all over the globe. I have a workshop at the moment with 13 women from all over the globe. I have emails constantly. My social media has like five and a half thousand people. My my Facebook group has 1,500. This has taken me 
blood, sweat and tears and then some. So th- there is no way. This is not a high life. And yes, people would think, oh, yeah, you know, you could quit teaching and just live on the beach. This takes so much dedication and work. And if I was to stop now and just sit on my laurels, then I'm not doing what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about helping people. But you can only help people if you invest the time. So I probably work between 15 and 18 hours a day. And I'm not saying that that is what you should be doing. And I'm not saying this to get any kind of brownie points, but this is reality. I have a full-time job which I can't just quit and nor would I want to because I am passionate about the children. But I do have a job where I have to invest a lot of time. But then my business, essentially I have two full-time jobs. I slot in and I have my client calls in the evenings, but also on Sunday nights. I spend less time with Luke in the week because obviously I'm working. I have done, I write for three mental health magazines and that's come from networking, going to events, putting myself out there, meeting new people. I've been interviewed for radio stations in mental health. I have exhibited at London Olympia, all because I've put in the time. I've created everything myself. I've created all my own flyers. I created my own banners. I created my own workbooks, did professional printing. So 100%, what you see online is, is just the highlights. And if you're in a situation that you want to create a business or you want to become successful, you do really need to understand that before success comes sacrifice. And if you're not willing to allow the sacrifice to happen and allow things to happen for you from the sacrifice, then you will never have success because this is all about me being willing to give this my all because this 100% is, you know, in another year's time, I will be working for myself, earning a million pounds a year, loving my life and traveling the globe. 100% that's what my ambitions, my dreams and my visions are. But right now I, I do live in reality and I do have to make reality work for me. And if that means I need to sacrifice going out for dinner in the week with my friends or going out for dinner with Luke in the week, Why am I doing that? Because I want to create my best future. If I want to sit and watch TV every single night of the week, then no, I'm not going to create a business that is successful. So 100% without, without sacrifice, you will never, ever have success. Oh, I love that so much. And honestly, you just, I, I couldn't have articulated it better myself. And I, I think it's so easy for people to just assume that, you know, people who are succeeding are different from them when, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, there really is no different. Everyone is in no, <laughs> And it, it really just does take that work. And yeah, as you said, that sacrifice. And if you want that freedom lifestyle and you want to, you know, create a future for yourself then the first couple mm-hmm. of years is really grinding it out so kind of mm-hmm. I just want to and this is off off the cusp but I haven't even got this written down but I'd love to hear your opinion then mm-hmm. because something I you know hear a lot about is a lot of coaches and business coaches talking about this you know build seven figures in seven days and the easy lifestyle like quit your job and launch your business and they do make it seem so effortless what's your kind of opinion on those people who are promoting that lifestyle then Um, so I am quite an opinionated person and I do try and make sure that I always see both sides, but me being brutally honest, I hate that. Life is not about quantifying your success with numbers. So the people that are saying, oh, you know, reach seven figures in seven days, reach six figures in six weeks, whatever they're saying, I just think, 
not everyone's success is going to be amountable to a specific amount of money. And that's not to say that, of course, we don't all want it. Of course we do. But with seven figures comes seven lots of sacrifice, seven <laughs> lots of struggle, seven lots of heartache, seven lots of no sleep. Seven it doesn't come <laughs> overnight. Yeah, yeah. So I just think, for me, my take on that is, the only way you will be successful is if you create success in a way that you can sustain it. Yes. So I'm able to sustain it because I am very efficient with my time. I'm very, very motivated. I always have been, probably because of my background. I'm very self-driven. So for me, working those hours is fine because it's what I want to do and it's my passion. But for some people... You have to be real about this. And if you want success, it has to be sustainable. So yes, you might have a seven-figure month once, but if you can't sustain that, then you're back in a full-time job in six weeks. Yeah. So you've lost. So I think it's all about you will get to your successful place in a way that is sustainable for you and in a way that is real for you. So yeah. money is should not be the ultimate goal. Your happiness, the freedom that you want. And do you know what? Some people want to be entrepreneurs, but also have some element of security, which might be working one day a week or being yeah. part of a company because you want you know, friends and you want a social life. That's okay. You have to do what is sustainable for you, your well-being, your lifestyle, your happiness. So I, I, the only reason I say that I hate that is because I think it doesn't work for everyone and it's portrayed in a way that it should. And I just don't think it's fair to generalize for one, but to give people this illusion that that's the only way you can do it and be successful. Yeah, absolutely. That's so such good advice. And I think, you know, the part exactly where you were talking about, people really need to be able to quantify what their results need to look like and what it's mm -hmm. going to take for them to get there sustainably with their own life. Because, you know, we all live differently and you've got to find what works for you, but you'll never do that unless you start. Um, mm -hmm. And one thing I, I really wanted to dive deep into to give, you know, everyone listening some really tangible advice for how they can really start putting themselves out there. Because in terms of your personal brand, it's phenomenal mm -hmm. what you've done to Thank really you. get your name out there and to build the brand not only of a happy mind, but also of... Hustle girlfriend! <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, can you walk us through... I know you networked like a biatch in, you know, Facebook mm -hmm. groups, and that was a huge thing. <laughs> can you kind of give us some other ideas of what it really took, like how you really started putting yourself yeah. out there? Yeah, good question. Okay, so I think the number one thing for you to get your name out there and be in a position where you are willing to, and when I say hustle, I don't mean the stereotypical version of the word. I mean, literally put yourself everywhere, like try and be everywhere all the time. That's what I mean. Yeah. And, um, I think the only, that my number one starting point of advice, if you aren't 100% happy and confident with what you're trying to portray as your dream life business, you, your persona, all of those things, then you won't be able to pitch yourself in communities and spaces that are already established because they'll see through it because they see it every day. So unless you're willing to put yourself and say, this is what I do, this is why I do it. And you can't take that away from me. People are not going to be buying in to you. So before you decide on the fact you want to grow this online space or whatever it is you want to do, make sure you're very clear about what your message is and who you're trying to speak to because otherwise you will find yourself lost amongst the crowds of people trying to do similar things to you and you do not stand out. There's no disparity between the two of you. 
That's my first thing. But in terms of how you do get yourself known, I think a big thing is being friendly. So for me, I'm not, I'm, I'm very, very um, approachable and personal and like I'm, I'm very myself, but I'm not very salesy. So this I think was a really good thing for me. So I'm not that cringy, come and work with me and spend five grand like right now, even though we've never spoke. Um, so I was very much, when anyone put any kind of post in any group, all, and they said anything about anxiety, mental health, depression, a breakup, heartbreak, confidence, any of those things. I simply just, from my own like Facebook, like, hey, lovely, I just wanted to let you know you're not alone. You're not the only person that's been through this. I just wanted to give you some love. Um, I have a group called Happy Mind, which is all about trying to make you feel and become happier. If it's something you did want to join, I'd love to be able to give you a big fat virtual hug. Um, but if not, I will continue to see you in this space. Lots of love. Yeah. There was no kind of that. I did that a lot. And if I'm really honest, I actually copy and pasted like the ending about my group, what I just said, that blurb, I copy and pasted that into my notes. So whatever my personal message was, I then just pasted that at the bottom. So yeah. everyone started to see a happy mind, a happy mind, a happy mind. Um, I did that a lot in people's groups. I also did it on Instagram. And when I commented on people's posts, if I felt it was relevant, I'd let them know about happy minds. I also talked about it on my personal Instagram at the very beginning. Hey, anyone, if you want to follow my Instagram, here it is. I then started with my own group saying, if you know anyone that could really benefit from learning about anxiety or mental health, please add them into the group. Like this is a free for all. I want everyone to be part of this community. That's what I did at the beginning. That's quite different now. I'm much more specific and particular about who's in my space. But at the beginning, I wanted to encourage that. I wanted to get people involved and learn who I am and what I'm doing. Yeah. I was constantly on Instagram messaging, liking, getting to know people, talking about myself, you know, doing that. I was exactly like you said, I'd go to events, I'd take my business cards, I'd make sure I gave them to lots of different people, men, women, old, young, literally everyone. So at the beginning, it was just about telling people what you're doing. You know, if you were, and I know that everyone would have heard this because Erin does a lot on this, but if you were going to a party, you wouldn't go straight up to someone and say, I'm an anxiety coach. Do you have a mental illness? that is not what I would be doing. I'd be like, hi, I'm Sam. Like, oh yeah, yeah. What do you do? What do you do? This is what I do. Oh, that's amazing. where do you work? where do you live? Yeah. If you did that in real life, you couldn't then just online be like, okay, anyone that is struggling with anxiety and is crying every night, come and talk to me. People would be like, who is this chick? Yeah. So it was all about talking as much as you can about yourself, but in a way that was very, very personal to the person you were talking to if that makes sense yeah absolutely it's, it's and, and this is the analogy that I love to use is you know with your audience with your clients when you're building a community it's it's a marriage it's not a one-night stand so you don't just walk up yeah. somebody like how you doing let's go five grand you yeah, know yeah <laughs> you build that relationship over a long sense of time and that's how you really create yeah. those active audience members but also those really loyal mm-hmm. fans that are willing to be ambassadors mm-hmm. for your business Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. 
One thing I did also do, which I completely forgot, is I also used to ask questions. So, and again, not in a leery way, not in a leery way, but I would ask questions like, oh, does anyone just want a yellow love heart as a comment, like to pop up and give you some happiness? People would then comment to me and be like, yeah, I do, I do, I do. And I'd just be posting yellow love hearts everywhere. And no point did I say what I do or where I'm from or anything like that. I was just posting yellow love hearts because then when my name came up again, they were like, I remember her with the yellow love hearts. So as much as I could, I would just be commenting, posting, creating people talking about it and wanting to comment on my post and my feed. I also would always put a photo of myself with any of my posts so that even if they didn't, excuse me, even if they didn't read the post, they saw my face. Yeah. So the more my face was in the groups, the more they saw my yellow, they saw me smiling, the more they'd be intrigued and the more they know who I am. That was another really big tactic. I didn't just put words because you all know if you're in groups, you just scroll along until there's something bright and bold that you want to look at and you look at it and you might like it. That was me. I was that bright, bold, smiley person with the post. So I always wanted to make sure they saw my face and I didn't put a quote I didn't put a quote that a thousand people could find on Pinterest. I put a picture of myself that was me that people are like, oh, wow, I haven't seen her before. She looks really happy or she looks pretty or she looks bold or she looks vibrant. Whatever they were saying, at least they were looking at my face and talking about it. I wasn't just a, a bunch of words they were scrolling past. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, I really need to make a point here for the audience because, you know, to make this as tangible as possible for everyone listening, there is such a common thread amongst an episode that I've done. And then when we we chatted to Natasha last week as well, the differentiation piece, having that kind of one you know, external factor about yourself that really can attract people to your business that's so consistent. And Sam with the yellow, with the yellow hearts, if you look at anything that she does, it's it's, it's simply just a colour that she's chosen that not only extremely reflects her personality and the message that she's putting out to the world, but it's just so noticeable online and it's it's as simple as a colour. So really finding that kind of one thing that can be yours, your differentiation Mm -hmm. factor and just being uber consistent with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Um, I just wanted to step back a little bit to kind of the start of that conversation because I know you spoke before you, ke- you know, you do go out there and you start promoting and networking and building relationships. You mentioned having that confidence in yourself mm-hmm. and your message. Mm-hmm. You know, a huge part of personal branding is obviously confidence and someone who's really mastered the reduction of, you know, fear and anxiety. What advice would you give to people who really wanted to put themselves out there but they were, you know, fearing their self-worth or fearing getting rejected? Because I know that's what a lot of women are struggling with when with this whole networking, kind of promoting yourself aspect. Good good question. Okay, the first thing I would say is getting a rejection is one step better than doing nothing. That's the first thing I would say. Um, Getting rejected is one step further than doing nothing. That's really important because a lot of us think, oh, if I get rejected, I won't want to do it anymore. At least you put yourself out there to get rejected. What else are you doing just sitting in your house, living your dream life in a bubble? The only way to, so for me, and, and obviously this is my kind of remit with anxiety, but I think I tell everyone this, you are no worse off from trying. You are only worse off from never giving it a go. Absolutely. you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And if someone rejects you, you know that you've tried. 
at least you know you've tried rather than thinking, what if, what if, what if, and 10 years have gone past, someone's taken your idea and they're a multimillionaire and you're still sat in your, on your sofa. Yeah. If you try and you get rejected, you're one step further than if you did nothing. And also nothing is ever as bad as the worst rejection, the first rejection. Nothing is ever as bad as that because once you've done it once, it can't ever take that sting. You know, the next time it happens, it will never be as bad. So for example, um, when I first, I approached a magazine, uh, a big magazine, I met them at an event and I was like, oh, you know, I'd really like to write for you. And they said, oh, you know, it's not going to happen at the moment. We're really, really busy. I went to their direct competitor. They said, yes. Two months, uh, a month ago, I went back to this massive magazine and I said, oh yeah, I write for such and such. They went, why don't you write for us? <laughs> oh, will you actually turn me down? We didn't. Yeah, you did. And this was the editor in chief of the magazine. But I thought, you rejected me once. I've taken that rejection, gone somewhere else, not had a rejection, and now you want me back. It's yeah. like a breakup. Yeah. As soon as they've broken up with you and you move on, they want you back. Yeah. But if, you've nev- if you never move on and you're constantly chasing them, you're never going to know what else is out there. So for me, the two things I would say, rejection is one step better than doing nothing. And you have everything to gain and sorry, you can gain everything and you're not going to lose because you haven't, nothing's happened. So the only way, the only beneficiary thing from this is to gain, whether that's gaining experience, whether it's gaining knowledge that not right now, they aren't right for you or you're not right for them. This isn't the time or you, you need to carry on practicing. Whatever you gain, it's knowledge. You're gaining something, you're learning rather than just staying in yourself. So for me, rejection is learning, rejection is growth, and rejection is key for you to finding out what really drives you forward. Because when you get that no, and you think, I cannot believe that, oh, that little bleep, I'm going to prove them wrong, and you go out and do it, that's what you need. Not sitting on a sofa saying, what if, what if, for the next 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. And um, on that as well, I mean, that's such great advice on the rejection piece. And Another part of personal branding that's so important, this is something, again, that you do very well, is the whole vulnerability side of things and, you know, authentically being able to just show up as yourself. Do you have any kind of confidence building advice for anyone who's maybe not yet so confident in being exactly who they are online? Yeah. First thing I would say is it is really, really petrifying to put yourself out there to a phone or a laptop or a camera not knowing who's going to watch on the other side and not knowing if they will get it understand it like it laugh at it judge it you have no idea you're just sat that is a very scary place to be you don't know what the reception will be for me the number one thing to practice doing is whatever you're vulnerable in, whatever your story is or your experience with vulnerability is and what makes you vulnerable won't change. It will just be the delivery. So for me, the first thing I would start doing is recording yourself, like filming yourself, saying your vulnerability story to no one. It's not live. It's not going anywhere. Just filming it and and then watching it back. How does it make you feel? Do you feel like it portrays you how you want to be portrayed? Do you like how you're sat? Do you like what you're wearing? If if you're at that point where these insecurities are there, then get really, really confident in 
telling your vulnerable story because your vulnerable story won't change. It will just be the delivery. So if you decide you want to go live, you might wear your favorite outfit, which you know is really flattering, a really nice color on your complexion and makes you feel comfortable, doesn't show your sweat patches. You might want to wear that amazing (laughs) outfit. You might decide that you prefer having your hair up because otherwise you fiddle with it because you get really nervous and you get really twitchy and it just makes you look all flustered. Or you might get a rash on your neck, so you want your hair down. So by filming yourself over and over again with your vulnerability story, with no one watching, when you then share it, the only thing will change is the delivery, as in you being happy with who you are in your skin whilst you share your story. That would be a big starting point for me because the the one thing you don't want to do is ever question or be ashamed of your vulnerability story and if you're in a situation where you feel like you might expose yourself to those doubts don't expose yourself yet because the worst thing you want to do is expose yourself too soon and then be filled with regret and worry you Mm. want to expose your vulnerability when you are happy with that being your story and you've embraced it yeah. And until you're at that point, don't, don't force yourself to feel that torture. So film yourself. You might write it down. You might read it out loud. You might record it on audio and listen to it. You might film yourself and watch it. You might say it in the shower. You might look at yourself in the mirror and repeat certain statements. Whatever it is, get used to being comfortable and confident with your story so that when you do deliver that to the world, no matter what people say, think, or do, you know you've done the very best you can with your story, your journey, and your experience. That is such great advice. And, you know, even just the practicing piece, even if it's, you know, whether it's sharing your story or even just going live to teach things, you know, the practice piece, recording yourself, talking in the mirror and stuff, you don't have to force yourself to just, you know, pop out, in your debut and just be like, Hey, I'm here. I'm going live every single day. You absolutely can practice and practice does make mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to kind of talk because being a teacher and then a public figure, I'd really love to mm-hmm. hear your thoughts on kind of the, because I mean, it really does come with the territory at a certain mm-hmm. stage of business and a certain stage of putting yourself out there on the line. What's your kind of experience and or and or opinion on how people should go about, you know, handling online hate or negative comments or negative feedback? Because I think at the beginning, mm-hmm. there's a certain stage where we just fear it, but then there is almost like mm-hmm. a flip of the switch where it does generally start to happen when you are putting yourself yeah. out there in public spaces. So what's your kind of opinion on how people should just go about handling that okay I love this question um yeah so obviously from a teaching perspective and also from an entrepreneurial perspective I I see it from both sides I see how nasty teenagers can be I know how fickle they can be I know how judgmental they can be and I also know how hard it is to be a teenager because I see it every day so even if you're not in the stage of being an entrepreneur yet This is something that so many of us are exposed to just on everyday life. So on every aspect for me, and especially once you do put yourself out there and you are an entrepreneur or you're trying to be, of course, this is going to be a massive block because you don't want to expose yourself to all of this negativity and you don't want to welcome that into your life. And that is totally understandable. However my mindset around this negativity. And of course, yes, Erin, of course we've had it. Like, yeah, I do. And I mean, it's not 
for me, the number one thing I, there's two things actually. My first word I want to share is compassion. I'll explain that in a second. And my second word I want to share with you is the staircase. So compassion, number one, compassion. If there is somebody giving you hatred or judging you, the number one thing that we all need to try and do, and it is really hard to do, but imagine there is someone on the road driving so, so slowly, they are not driving the speed limit. I know that winds me up a treat, literally winds me up so much. I cannot stand it. Go the speed limit. Come on. <laughs> and if I'm behind them, I might get really close in my car. I get really wound up. Not so much now, but I mean, I used to really, really get stressed by it, really agitated. I'd sweat. I'd get so annoyed. <laughs> anyway, then I, I suddenly thought to myself, I was watching a TV program and it was all about people's traumas. And there was this woman who had been through an absolutely horrific car accident, horrific, and her whole family had been killed. Um, and it was so tragic. And it was all about her phobias, you know, like getting back into a car, driving, how it made her feel. And after that, I thought, I'm judging someone driving slowly, and I don't know anything about the reason why no reason whatsoever. So for me, and of course, that is a very, very detached example from what we're discussing. But I think anyone that is judging someone else, anyone that's giving an opinion, you don't know their story and you don't know how judgment makes them feel. It might give them confidence. It might give them this sense of belonging that they've never had. It might make them feel important. So for me, compassion is really important. Their judgment, whether they share it with you or not, doesn't make it true. It doesn't make it real. And it doesn't mean you have to listen. But when the judgment does come your way, the hatred does come your way. The first thing I always think now is about the slow drivers. So I always stop and think, Sam, the slow drivers, why are they driving slowly? Now I think the judgment, why are they judging me? Do they not have things in their life that make them happy? Are they alone? Do they want just attention from me? Do they want to connect with me and they don't know how? Have they, you know, not had love and support in their life? And of course, sometimes that isn't the case and they're just downright nasty people. But remember, their judgment isn't real. It's not true and you don't have to listen. And that leads me to the staircase. No one above you on the staircase will be judging you. And do you know why? Because they are looking up at the next step. So anyone that is above you on the staircase is looking for their next step. The people beneath you want your steps. They want to be where you are on the staircase. And if they can judge you and give you hate and bring you down and take you off the staircase, Happy for them because they get your spot on the staircase and someone else is at the bottom. So what you have to remember, people that are happy with what they're doing, and I just did a podcast on this, happy people don't judge. Yeah. If you're happy in your lane and you're happy with what you're doing and you're happy in your circumstance, you will not judge someone else. If you are not happy, not fulfilled, not living your life the way you want to, you will judge others. And it hasn't always got to be really malicious, but it could be, why is she doing that YouTube video? No one's going to need that. Why is she filming that vlog? That's ridiculous. There's 10,000 people doing that vlog. It's not necessarily something that is sort of, you know, really, really malicious, but it's their judgment, their negative judgment. Think about the reason why. Do they wish they had something to vlog about in their life? Do they wish they had more 
context? Do they wish that they had something to share on a YouTube channel? Do they wish they knew how to edit better? Do they wish they had better lighting? You know, you don't know how fulfilled their life is. But if ultimately, if someone is happy and fulfilled in their life, they will not be judging and hating other people. So you have to remember, number one is compassion. And number two, do not give away your space on a staircase so someone else's shoes can fill it. Stand your ground, stay on your step, and carry on working up. Don't fall back down. Don't listen to what they're saying. Do not go back down the stairs. You want to go up the stairs. So follow the people above you and let them be your driving force. Do not be pulled down by the people beneath. That That's is what I would say. Incredible. And honestly, I don't know anyone else who has the better analogies at explaining things and making it crystal clear to make a point than you do. So thank you so much for that. Um, I love analogies. So just before we do jump into first thought, I really just wanted to Mm -hmm. ask you, you know, for anyone that was just starting out building their personal brand and their business, if you could give them one Mm -hmm. piece of advice, what would it be? Good question. One piece of advice, starting out. Don't change your vision to suit other people. Don't be ashamed of what you're trying to create. Do not dilute what you want. Don't try and make it suit what other people are comfortable with. Do what you want to do in a way that you want to do it. and Don't be ashamed of it. Do not, do not, do not, do not, do not change your vision to suit other people's comfort zones. Stick with your vision. And if it's big, bold, and fabulous... If they are uncomfortable, leave them there. You carry on doing what you're doing. I love that so much. And I mean, the words of a pioneer, you don't have to bring yourself down and to be, you know, be a, be a swan in a sea of pelicans or whatever that quote is. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. I'm sure that wasn't the quote. But anyway, it was a great note to end on. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was <laughs> incredibly insightful so a little fun game obviously the purpose of this game you know we we talk about personal branding here and we really just want to get mm-hmm. our experts even better and what better way to get mm-hmm. to know them than to put them in the firing line and make them answer questions as quick as they possibly can so what i'm mm-hmm. going to do is just run through a series of questions and you just need to answer them as soon as they come to your mind it doesn't matter if the i love this wrong but just whatever comes to your mind first of all so yeah. ready Mm-hmm. What is your least favorite meal? Mushrooms, hate them. If you could only recommend one book for the rest of your life, what would it be? The Universe Has Your Back. What is one annoying bad habit that you know you should stop? Biting my cheek. Biting your cheek. <laughs> What's your favorite I've, place I've you've done it since? I've... <laughs> What's your favorite place? Sorry, you've sorry. To? Oh my gosh, that's so hard. I've been to so many places. As quick um, as Kenya. Kenya. Oh, nice one. What is your second favorite color? My second favorite color? I can't pick yellow. That's so sad. Green. (laughs) On a Saturday night, do you want to go out or stay in? Stay in. Would you rather be a Smurf or a Minion? A Smurf, obviously. (laughs) What are you good at? Uh, Making people laugh. Sing me a song. I just can't wait for the weekend to begin. And <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for jumping in and chatting to us today, Sam. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you here. You have given so many great insights and I think really motivated everyone listening who is at the beginning of their journey to just get out there, feel confident, put themselves out there and to go mm-hmm. 
fiercely towards their mission and their dreams. So thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Oh my gosh. I just seriously loved that chat with Sam. She's such an inspiration. I know I keep saying that and I'm honestly not saying that because we are related. It's it, her, her story is truly inspiring. I do use it as a case study within a lot of my mentoring and my courses because it's just phenomenal what she's actually been able to achieve in such a short amount of time. But please do not disregard the fact that it took so much work. You know, I often talk to people about the fact that it does take time. It does take years to really get yourself out there. But this is just an example. If you give it your everything, and I don't mean your, you know, 4 p.m. till 9 p.m. a couple of times a week, everything. I mean, literally your heart, blood, soul, sweat, and tears. If you really put everything you have into making this and go over and above what you even think is possible for yourself, then you really can get there a lot faster if that is what you so choose to do. It's not the way that needs to be if you just cannot make yourself work that much. But for those of you who are desperate to really just put yourself out there and create results and it's a must for you, then there is an option to just put in the work. So it was so lovely chatting to Sam. I really hope that it was an inspiration to you and you got some amazing insights into what you can do to really start putting yourself out there and growing your business and brand. Thank you so much if you did stay to the end of the interview and I will see you in the next one. So that is it, my dear friend, for today's episode. I really, really hope that it was valuable to you. I really hope that you got some information that you can take away to really start growing a profitable and memorable personal brand and just show up for life being unapologetically yourself. I would be super, super grateful if you could take just a couple of moments of your time to leave me a review on iTunes and subscribe to the podcast if you have not already. I really appreciate you listening today. Thank you so much and I will see you in the next episode.